0: one thing that was have to be a big time mental switch up from last year to this year. And I think they had to learn just straight up in front of their face and glad that happened early on, you know, you were able to slip away, slip away with these wins um and definitely the Boston College game there where you definitely where there was some overlooking for sure and you thought things would just go smoothly and things were going to be easy, but you're going to face everybody now and for the rest of this season. Their best effort and their best plays, your best play call, best game plan. Uh, I was going to say discipline, but uh, Boston College didn't show us that. But uh, but for the rest of the games moving forward, that's going to be it. And you're also, it seems like you're facing the refs too in a lot of weeks. So um, at least from up there in Death Valley. So uh, just just overall, you know, everything's against you. The world's against you. That's the kind of mentality that they need to have. And I'm glad Braden Fisk is being a veteran there. He, he understands that. And that's uh, hopefully that translates into the locker room more and gets into their bloodstream.
1: Hey, guys, it's Terrence Mann. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go Nose.
0: Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. He-Dub and the So We're listening to Hear the
1: Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live. Go Nose.
2: Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day.
1: No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field,
2: Deion Prime Time Sanders.
1: Great. It's Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, bro? man? I, I could wake up to that greedy
2: every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day.
1: James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me
0: on SSOD, Florida Player Die, and Go Nose. William Barnum Floyd, gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from here. The Spirit, presented to you by NoLGameDay.com. We are here live on a wonderful, fantastic Wednesday evening, back in our usual spot. And man, we enjoyed the bye week, but Florida State, Mike Norvell, and us are back at it to preview some football games moving forward for the latter half of the 2023 season. After a big win on the road, which we were up there for in Death Valley, a good win for the Seminoles fanged-up squad, needed that bye week quite a bit, also needed to go back and look at some film and some of the mistakes that they had throughout the first uh, little bit of the season. But uh, with me this evening is Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer at noelgimme.com, and down below is at our editor-in-chief, D.Lu, Dustin Lewis. Gentlemen, did y'all have a good bye week? How are we feeling? Feeling better, Dustin? Feeling a lot
1: better. You know, like you said, it was nice to have a couple days off, and I think, um, as you said as well, you know, the bye week came at the perfect time for Florida State to go back to the drawing board a little bit, work on some things on both sides of the ball, and excited to see how they come out of this bye week now with some guys that needed some rest as well, getting that time off.
2: It was a good bye week, man the vikings were here in Charlotte, so i got to see my my team play in person for the first time in a few years so get their first win right yeah a first win it was ugly but a first win's a first win and uh, a
0: <laughs> first win is a first win
2: listen man we're here
0: <laughs> it's tough hey i i'm not there's no trash talking over here i don't have any steelers gear on right now so i am innocent at this point it was a tough weekend for you yeah, it's not uh it's not great, but that's the usual special of Mike Tomlin losing games that you're favored for and you should be beating. So, that's just the usual wasn't in too much of a shock actually. So, that's where we're at and my quarterback's uh we're going to throw my quarterback out there who has like a sprained knee. We're going to put him out there on Sunday and probably lose him for the rest of the season. So, it's just everything's looking great and we still have our offensive coordinator that's been uh somehow on this team that uh, has no brain cells. So uh, things are going great. It's good, though, to cover the Bucks down here. It's nice. They're, um, you know, got a big win on the road uh, facing New Orleans Saints. But it's been a pleasure covering them. Baker Mayfield, a whole new type of energy in that locker room, uh, which was much needed after a pretty dead one last year. So it's been fun. I mean, it's been entertaining college football. We mean, any games that y'all are watching closely uh, throughout the weekend, it was a great slate to sit yeah. back and just relax.
2: Yeah, Florida, Kentucky. Obviously, watching Ray Davis go for two eighty was pretty cool. Yeah,
0: <laughs> sweet baby Ray. Sweet baby Ray. It was man. sweet, wasn't it? Man, they had no, they couldn't stop him. Uh, Florida had no chance. I, I love listening. To, I mean, it's entertainment, but their DC, Florida's DC, yeah. is hilarious to uh, me. It's incredible.
2: L- LSU, Ole Miss. Obviously, got to keep tabs on a team you you beat already. And yep. Duke, Notre Dame. I think those are the three big ones.
0: Notre Dame getting that win and and covering doing its thing won me uh, a good amount of money that was bet on the slate. I had a four leg parlay and that was what I was relying on at the very end. So uh, shout out to Notre Dame getting that win. But depending on what happens, that could impact Florida State season.
1: Uh, yeah, with Riley Leonard there going down yep. on you know the game's final play, depending on what his status is in a couple weeks, you know that looked like a pretty pretty gruesome injury at the time. We'll see what comes out, but. I mean, if he's not able to play when the Blue Devils come to Tallahassee later this month, that's a huge loss to say the very least.
2: Yeah, hopefully he's okay. He's a really good player. And, you know, Florida State could use some quality wins. And, you know, if you beat Duke without Riley Leonard, I don't know how much that means to some people.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I hate seeing injuries like that. And, you know, with uh, Duke, you know, it was projected to try to have a, have a college game day at some point if they were able to do their thing. And then you've got, you know, Florida State still, um, you know, rolling at the moment. So it would have been a fun Doe Campbell Stadium atmosphere. I'm sure they always show up, uh, the fan base does whenever college game day is in town. So, um, you know, might have to wait until Cristobal brings the Miami Hurricanes uh, down to Duke if they're able to survive and hold on to uh, a decent record, at least. But we will have to look at their schedule the next couple of weeks and see some uh, interesting tasks ahead for them. But yeah, a lot of a lot of entertaining things through throughout the weekend. Um, tonight, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about the AP poll. We'll give our little thoughts in here. You know, Florida State not moving. Uh, we'll talk some early college football playoff projections. Just looking far ahead at that. We got a little bit of recruiting. To chat about, and then we got practice observations. Dealy was there for Tuesday and Wednesday practices, so uh, he'll give us his observations and what he sees. There's a lot of guys we're keeping a close eye on from maybe making their 2023 debut. So we'll discuss that, Uh, and then we'll jump into this Virginia Tech versus Florida State preview, and give our score predictions at the end. And then at the very end, we're going to talk about a former FSU basketball player who just made big time money and the NBA 100 million plus. Uh, congratulations to Devin Vassell. But we'll be talking about that at the end of the episode. Get Austin's thoughts on that. And d said he's still got his numbers. So, I mean, I think you've got to work something out here. Hey, all I'm saying is, you know, 1 million,
1: that's not even 1% of 144 million. So, actually, I think it was 146.
2: Yeah, 146.
0: So I'm just, I'm just would like you to get him on the podcast for us. I want to, you know, get, give us, you know, the platform for him to really express his feelings after getting that back and also ask him how much friggin' money uh, he's going to use on, you know, some fun things to go.
1: If he's got the same number that he did back in high school, you know, I I can give it a shot,
0: but (laughs) I've got a feeling. He's probably changed that thing a couple of times. Yeah. Yep. Maybe maybe just a tad. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, jump into the podcast before we get going, everybody. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, just like our guy from Bucks Game Day, JC Allen's in the house, uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. We would de- definitely appreciate it. it. helps get out to more Florida State fans out there and helps us uh, communicate and also grab some topics or questions from you guys. So I appreciate everybody showing us some love throughout YouTube, almost getting near 10,000 subscribers. I mean, we all we're doing is just pushing little videos here and there there. But you guys seem to like that And we're showing a lot of consistency there So we're going to try to keep it, up, keep it up But appreciate all the YouTube love And also our live viewers as always But let's get started guys Let's go over to the AP poll Which I had mentioned just a minute ago But Florida State not moving there They're going to stay put at uh, number 5 uh, I guess you could say You could go to the Georgia game And I saw some argument arguments Being made uh, About Georgia's showing and that well if they're doing that why don't they drop kind of where Florida State had their performance up in Death Valley got that win but uh actually was was dropping down and you know maybe wasn't so not a lot of fans happy about that but thoughts guys on this top five Georgia one Michigan two Texas at three Ohio State four Florida State at five Penn State six Washington seven and then, George or yeah, Georgia, Oregon at eight, USC nine, and Notre Dame at 10. I don't think there's anything to be surprised about here.
1: Like, it's really, yeah, G- here. yeah. Georgia struggled on the road against Auburn, but at the same time, you know, they've won back to back national championships. And basically, at this point, until someone beats them, they're going to sit there in that number one spot. So, I mean, as far as this week, the main thing I was looking at. Florida State staying at number five, but getting four uh, first place votes in the AP poll. So, I mean, it just shows that they're continuing to gain some respect nationally, even though it was a bye
2: week. Like I said last week, I don't really care. Or every uh, week. It's every
0: week. Yeah, every week. I don't care. It, <laughs> Sounds really like Mike does Norvell. Not,
2: it just doesn't matter this early in the season. Once we get into November, then it matters a little bit. Um, as long as Florida State's taking care of their business, it's really not going to matter. Um, Georgia finally has a big test this weekend against Kentucky, who we saw last week. Played pretty well. We'll see if they can bring the same energy to Athens.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we obviously saw the performance on uh, Boulder with Deion Sanders uh, going against uh, USC. And, uh, you know, looks like it was gone at halftime. And then, you know, USC just did what they usually do and then give up. Uh, A lot of plays, a lot of yards, and a lot of points. And that's the USC defense that hasn't changed in a very long time in that tenure. And that's something Lincoln Riley's going to have to work on if they're going to try to have a chance going into this college football playoff. But, um, you know, Caleb Williams is is a special dude. But it was interesting to see Deion Sanders and that team try to make a comeback there uh, at the end as much as they could, though. You saw a lot of of fight in that team, which I think it it just shows – you know, Dion's doing. He's doing a good job in that locker room. You got to give him credit in that part. And this team didn't give up. They could have easily given up, and we've seen we've seen uh, we've seen teams do that in the past. I should say so. Um, just giving credit there to Dion and what he's what he's done. And then you know, we expected that to be a loss, but they battled. It
1: was a fun game. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that Colorado has performed better than probably anyone on this podcast and most people most people nationally were expecting through. uh yes the first five games of the season. I mean, they've definitely surprised some people. And, I mean, what's even crazy is just how many eyes are on Colorado. um all today. I think it was ESPN put out the the top ten watching games this season, and Colorado's five of
0: the top eight.
1: Mm. So, I mean, that's just really impressive.
0: Oh, super. Super impressive. I mean, you're bringing in a lot of celebrities. You're getting in a lot of former greats, and on, on the football field or basketball, it seems like anywhere. Rappers at that point, and you're bringing a lot of, a lot of eyeballs uh, to that stadium. You're you're selling out the season. So uh, there, there's a lot of things. It's highly entertaining to uh, watch and be around, and um, you know, cover as we do for a lot of our former guys and covering a few stories of Deion Sanders. So always keeping an eye on the program of where the alums are at. So I uh, just thought that was a pretty good. Pretty entertaining game there on Saturday. Um, let's uh, get out of the college football rankings and let's jump over to uh, some college football playoff projections. Some projections here. Uh, Brett McMurphy, who's, you know, very early in the season, you know, worth noting, but still uh, Brett McMurphy, I think he does one of the best in college football of covering this along with bowl projections and all of that. he, was calling Florida State's uh, bowl very early on last year in the Chesapeake Bowl to face off uh, with Oklahoma. But uh, here he's got uh, Florida State facing uh, Michigan as a two-point favorite for for the Wolverines and uh, the Rose Bowl and Pasadena. Uh, and then actually Florida State winning that game against Harbaugh and uh, Michigan and facing Georgia and the national championship, which would be held on January 8th and houston texas what are y'all just overall thoughts as those big brands going at it uh, and and the playoffs and also on the other side with georgia facing texas it would be fitting for florida state to go back to the west coast
1: on the same year that we're talking about um, national championship anniversaries you know florida state did the same thing 10 years ago went up to pasadena in the rose bowl won the final bcs national championship i mean that would be heck of a story to tell you know especially as a as a journalist but you know, and especially going up against Michigan and that was also the last time that Florida State had like a really big bowl game in that Orange Bowl back in 2016 and I think getting a shot at Georgia as well potentially in the national championship you know we've seen uh, Mike Norvell and Kirby Smart really go at it uh, on the recruiting trail over the last six months year or so battling in that peach state for guys and Norvell has won some of those battles um be pretty cool to see Florida State and Georgia go at it between the lines too
2: there's still a ton of ton to work out obviously but you know you'll you'll take being in the playoff right now there's still two months of football to be played but you know as Dustin said to be playing against Michigan in the Rose Bowl would be a very very exciting matchup I think I think honestly at this point I would be surprised if Georgia ended up making the playoffs but like like I said way too early we'll see what ends Mm -hmm. up happening the rest of the football season
0: Mm -hmm. okay the, the Georgia takes interest in there. we're gonna get our viewers I think they gotta they,
2: they, they gotta show us something you know they yeah. they can't just it. rely they on not. Brock
0: Bowers they just can't rely on him.
2: They have not played well you know they've really struggled against South Carolina and Auburn who are too meddling to lower tier s e c teams you know whenever they finally play someone that's realistically solid, who knows mm. what might happen
1: there's they've had some real struggles uh earlier in the season as they try to figure out. Uh, having a new quarterback there and I mean same thing with the rest of the peop- the rest of the teams that are in the top five above Florida State. Their toughest stretches of the season are still ahead of them while I think arguably Florida State's is behind them after taking care of business with LSU and Clemson in September.
2: For sure.
0: Yeah, here's the uh Georgia schedule to finish off uh their season as they were made fun of during the off season about having a weaker one, but they're still gonna be facing Georgia, like you said, VZ. Um uh, this upcoming weekend, that will be at home though. But you got you got Vanderbilt. Then, of course, you're facing off against Florida and their annual game. Uh, that's still being held in Jacksonville, right? That hasn't changed. Yep. It's in okay. cool. Jacks. Okay, uh, but yeah, Florida and then, I mean, we saw what happened there this last week. <laughs> <season>, what Kentucky <laughs> did, right up their gut. But then you're facing Missouri, who's kind of been a little secretive, Undefeated. good team. And yeah, yeah, they showed signs last year as well. Uh, Ole Miss, who they had a wild one, too. That was really fun. I forgot to mention that. That was a really entertaining game as well to watch there uh, for Lane Kiffin. But they're going to face Ole Miss there uh, in November. And then you go on the road to Tennessee, which that's going to be a rowdy, rowdy, rocky top. And, there, and then, of course, you're facing Georgia Tech at the end of the season. So there's a few games that out of nowhere have kind of floated to where Georgia uh, – they're going to be more interesting than we may have imagined in the preseason or offseason.
2: You're going to learn a lot about Missouri this weekend as they play LSU, Battle of the Tigers. Um, You know, if Missouri comes out on top of that one, you're going to be looking at top 15, top 12 Missouri team just out of nowhere. Um, And also, did you see Kirby Smart's comment saying that every SEC team needs to be ranked? And he yeah. instantly got made fun of because of Vanderbilt. <laughs> so yeah. it'd be pretty funny if Vanderbilt ended up beating them next week, but I don't think that's going to happen.
1: It's a really tough stretch to uh, end the season for Georgia and They weren't very impressive during that week schedule in September, and I don't know. you got to be worried about some of those stretches. They do get some of those teams at home, but going to Tennessee, you know, we saw Vanderbilt beat Florida on the road last year. I I don't know if they're going to be able to hang with Georgia.
2: Come on, man. (laughs) Can't compare Florida to Georgia. A little bit of a a stretch. (laughs) Oh, God. They've got construction workers on
1: site. Kentucky and Missouri don't sleep on them. You know, Lane Kiffin will have something to pull out of his bag. Yeah. And
2: you, and you know, he's going to say something the week of the game, too, that's going to get Georgia unnecessarily riled up. So,
0: <laughs> y'all saw the security guard trying to block the people from getting on the field and everything and yeah. pushing them down and then pushing that chick to the dirt. I <laughs> felt bad. That was, that was messed up, but dang. Was she flopping? Was it a flop, I <laughs> think? That's, I mean, that's just my question marks that I have. And, you know, I don't know if it was a flop or not, but she went – it was a nice nudge. But then I think they were, maybe she just lost her footing, but that was a bad fall. That was tough scenes to watch.
2: I mean, I you know, There's was, there was probably some adult beverages consumed by her at some point, so you never know.
0: I don't understand the the attempt here. I mean,
1: we got 10,000 people getting on the field, but let's, this go at girl. Also, let's
2: try and
0: stop three or four of them. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. Like, and you already know that's going to happen too. So at that point it's safer to actually help people get down and get onto the field, than block it off. As we learned from last year when Florida state beat Florida at home, uh, being down there on the field, all security, all cops, everybody knew that, that you know, it, it was going to be a rush to field type of game. I don't know how they knew, but they just knew advanced and man, coming down from how high that is and Doke though. That's about what, seven, eight, probably like a seven foot, um, brick wall right there dust and i would say when we're doing our shows down there that's a tall one so when you're jumping down right on that concrete as well that hurts that that's yeah. I, mean, I did see it you can snap an ankle nice Yeah, exactly that's uh that's what i did <laughs> see last year sadly uh, but yeah really fun college football weekend and overall just looking at some of these projections there's all these kind of brand names would be You know, super fun, but got a long season ahead, um, but fun to look at. Uh, Let's jump into some recruiting duo. I know you don't have a visitor list really fully written out and everything yet, but just overall, you know, expecting some visitors uh, this upcoming weekend. And I know, Dustin, you talked to a few of the players after the Clemson game as well, getting their thoughts on what they saw in Death Valley. Uh, But just, I know we haven't had a recruiting kind of update in the last couple of weeks, so I thought we'd try to throw one in a little bit for our listeners and viewers Yeah, I mean, got a little bit. Uh,
1: Florida State will be hosting one official visitor this weekend, four-star defensive end L.J. McRae will take his official visit to Tallahassee to check out this game between Florida State and Virginia Tech. And, I mean, obviously he's someone that we've talked about on this podcast before, someone, one of Florida State's top remaining uncommitted targets uh, in that defensive defensive end room. And, you know, they're still trying to add some guys alongside – Um, D.D. Holmes and you know he's a big one for Florida State and the Seminoles normally do a pretty good job on these official visits especially with him being the lone guy on campus there will be some unofficial guys uh, throughout Saturday as well for the game but I mean getting to dedicate so much attention to him we'll see if Florida State's able to make a big move here Um, Florida Georgia Auburn some of the other teams to think about in this recruitment right now but I mean it looks like Florida State's probably going to get the final official visit before his decision and I mean, this is a chance to make a major impression before he does make that commitment. And then as far as Saturday, you know, a ton of commitments and other prospects going to be in Tallahassee. We'll have a list up on the website later this week. But I mean, we've already seen some guys like B.J. Gibson, Camden Fryer and some other commitments announced on Twitter that they'll be in Tallahassee as well as some other prospects uh, across the 2024 and 2025 classes. I mean, recruiting is going to be back in full swing this weekend as Florida State gears up for that second home game of the season, and you know we're going to see a lot of talent come in these next couple of weeks uh, with this three-game homestand. And then, you got to remember that Miami game in November. That's going to be the really big landmark game as far as recruiting for Florida State this season.
0: I want to ask you, Destin, did you see that thing today? I don't know if it's a report or something that they're trying to work on with the NCA, uh, trying to limit the um, the photo shoots for recruits coming yeah. in and such like that. I don't know what. What do you think on what do you think about that? I don't know. You talk with a lot of these recruits, and we are always posting these photos, and you know, a lot of teams put a lot of work into it for sure. And then you're also seeing a lot of head coaches get involved, um, and of course, Mike Norvell for some of your big time commits and recruits he's after. But you know, I, I thought that was a pretty interesting thing I saw on on Twitter while at the Rays game earlier. It's something that's under consideration.
1: It's been proposed to the NCAA to make a change there and I mean I can see the positive and negative both ways I'm sure that gets really old for college football recruiting staffs and having to have a professional photographer and graphic guys ready to go on especially some of these huge weekends Um, not only in the season but also you know you got to think this stuff starts in January for some of those junior days And I mean you'll have a hundred 200 kids piling in for one single day and going through insane. the uniform try on and the photo shoots and Quit the team so, I mean, that. yeah, that's, that's a ton of stress on those guys that goes, I mean, throughout that entire off season and then into the season as well. So, I mean, that's really tough, but then on the flip side, I mean, it kind of sucks for the prospects as well. They are still going to be able to take photos in uniforms. It just won't be professional photos, I guess. So like your mom or dad or whatever can still take, photos of you on their phone, but definitely won't be the same. But at the same time, you know, there's more important stuff than trying on uniforms and that'll give them some more time to actually get to know the coaches, the campus and, you know, the place that they're looking at to be a potential future home.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I I love the photos. They're they're great and everything. But I also know what goes in on the back end of things with that. And, you know, knowing some of the staff members there with Florida State, it is no joke of a weekend, man. It is insane how much stuff that they have to do. And then alone, definitely when you're going into game weekends and you're doing all these Jersey trials and then you've got a game and the Mm -hmm. next day, like it is it can't be easy. So at least that's something that I think is at least needs to be looked at and maybe limited, you know, maybe it's just a limit time type, type of deal and they meet in the middle there, um, but it ain't, it ain't easy.
1: Mm-hmm. And it makes you kind of have to find something else to sell your program. You can't just rely on the the glitz and the yeah. glamour, you know. I mean, not to say anything negative about Oregon, but I mean, you think about how many jersey combinations they have. That's something that people think about and they go on there and try try everything on now you don't really have that. You got to find something else to really sell your school and and set yourself apart from everybody else in your message.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point as well. So see, I'm sure there's a lot of different kinds of creative ways to do that. And marketing is just skyrocketing and how sports and and brands and these programs do their thing to get their influence out there. So definitely keep an eye on that and that storyline. I think, uh, uh, for the rest of this, we're going to kind of start getting into some Virginia Tech talk. I want to jump into some practice observations first, D. Lou. there's some guys that we're going to be keeping an eye out on Saturday when Florida State kicks off against Virginia Tech at 3.30. There's a few that, you know, we have been pressing on that we'd like to see. We thought it would be a tough game for Florida State defensively for not having a keep dent out there. You know, VZ, I saw you pressing for that, and, you know, you know, You definitely could say that would have helped uh, quite a bit in some areas to have Dent out there in the game, but uh, there's a few more that we haven't even seen play at all this season, including including Kentron, Poitier, Um, and then you've also uh, looking at, Jakai Douglas, who we're expecting at least to probably uh, suit up and play his first snap of the 2023 season. Um, and then we're looking at Robert Scott as well and watching and monitoring what he's going to be uh, available for on Saturday. But just going off, you know, how were the vibes, D. Lou, uh, from the team? I heard, you know, Mike Narvell talking, saying he really liked the energy from uh, these practices and Jared Verse and, and Jordan Travis having some solid couple days. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I can echo.
1: You know, the the energy has been up for to say coming out of the bye week. Looks like the team is ready to go, get back on the field against an actual opponent and continue the schedule. Like we said earlier in the podcast, I mean, this week off couldn't have come at a better time for this team to really hone in on, on a couple of aspects. You know, running the ball um, on offense, getting things in sync on third down and in the defensive backfield on defense and also getting some of these guys uh, more opportunities, some time off to uh, heal up as well. So, I mean, you're you're really just seeing the team come in with a burst of energy this week, and that led to a lot of competition uh, across both sides of the ball. I mean, I thought Fentrell Cypress was absolutely terrific uh, the past two days. Jordan Travis probably, you know, from our eyes, getting to see two practices a week um, as far as a stretch Tuesday-Wednesday is probably the best two-day stretch that – We've seen from him since fall camp. I mean, he was really dialed in. Uh, Gerald, Jared, Jared, verse uh, today, Wednesday was all over the place. I mean, there was one play where the ball was snapped. Uh, Jared was already there and tagged the quarterback. The coaches just waved their hand off and let the play go on because <laughs> I mean, it was, it was just so quick. And uh, you, you knew that Jared verse was at practice today. Mm-hmm. It was, he was very loud. But, I mean, it's it's been a good week for Florida State. Pretty encouraging to see, you know, as they enter a stretch where they're not playing as high-tier, on-paper competition as they were in September. So, I mean, these are, these are some opponents that are kind of flying under the radar a little bit, but Florida State still has to take them seriously. And, I mean, Braden Fisk kind of talked about that, you know, coming in from Western Michigan now to Florida State. He said whenever he was at his previous school when a team like the Seminoles was coming in, this was a, a showcase game. For, um, you know, a team like Western Mm -hmm. Michigan, they want to go out there and put their all into it. This is a game where people can get noticed. And, I mean, it kind of says that with Fisk going from there to now Florida State, he was able to put those flashes together, get noticed, and now move up to a higher level. So the Seminoles are going to get everyone's best shot, and we saw it against Boston College. They know what they're going to get from these teams, and, you know, they look like they're prepared for it.
0: That's one thing that was have to be a big-time mental switch up from last year to this year. And I think they had to learn just straight up in front of their face and glad that happened early on. You know, you were able to slip away slip away with these wins. Um, and definitely the Boston College game there where you definitely – where there was some overlooking for sure and you thought things would just go smoothly and things were going to be easy. But you're going to face everybody now and for the rest of this season. Their best effort and their best plays, your best play call, best game plan – uh, I was going to say discipline, but uh, Boston College didn't show us that. But uh, but for the rest of the games moving forward, that's going to be it. And you're also, it seems like you're facing the refs too in a lot of weeks. So um, at least from up there in Death Valley. So uh, just just overall, you know, everything's against you. The world's against you. That's the kind of mentality that they need to have. And I'm glad Braden Fisk is being a veteran there. He, he understands that. And that's uh, hopefully that translates into the locker room more and gets into their bloodstream.
1: But you kind of alluded to it. Other than that, I mean, the big thing this week is injuries. And we heard Mike Norville uh, provide updates on Robert Scott, Akeem Dent, Kentron Poitier and Ja'Kai Douglas, um, you know, getting a chance to watch them in practice this week. There is some confidence that all four of those guys are going to be back. I'd call them pretty much all game time decisions at the moment other than Ja'Kai. I mean, it really looks like he's probably going to take his first snaps for Florida State on Saturday against Virginia Tech. And, I mean, that would be kind of reflected by the depth chart we saw from the Seminoles that came out on Monday. It's the first time that we've seen Ja'Kai Douglas uh, listed on the 2-D, which makes it seem like he is going to be available. And then especially today, you know, he had some flashes on Tuesday but then came back with a very consistent day on uh, Wednesday, had some connections with Jordan Travis, one for a touchdown, and goal line one-on-ones, then came back and had a catch from Brock Glenn uh, during
2: 7-on-7 as well. I think the bigger revelation from the injury news was him admitting that the team had been dealing with some illnesses the last yep. couple of weeks, which was highly rumored but hadn't been confirmed until now. And you know, you could tell there was definitely some lethargic play out there against Boston College and Clemson. So hopefully, you guys are over and ready to go.
1: Yep, that's a that's a big one, Austin. That I wanted to talk about as well. It was big for Mike Norvell to confirm that because Florida State they did have seven players missing uh, from that two deep against Clemson. Some guys that. We had not seen suffer previous injuries in-game, and, and we heard Mike Norvell specifically reference uh, Deuce span missing the Clemson game due to illness. And, I mean, I can attest to it. Uh, our <laughs> intern on staff, Robert, he's a student at Florida State. He was sick as well, so he can attest to it. And, actually, um, Tommy has been out this week. So, the Noel Game Day team is getting w- getting hit with this sickness, I mean, basically as hard as Florida State. <laughs>
0: Dude it it's rough it's that always a couple weeks into classes there in Tallahassee and definitely if you're there at practices and around the program as much as you guys are and I was at the time you're going to get hit with something and you know usually it's a pretty tough week week and a half stretch to get it out of your system but mm-hmm. it's just a tally flu that's all it is and then but good I'm going to say um yeah, that's about it. Get away from the bars too. That's probably a good idea. Probably wouldn't help.
1: Well, we'll see if maybe uh the sicknesses that hit the team were part of the reason that they did underperform in the second half against Boston College and you know, also part of the reason for some of those struggles against Clemson. You know, if they come out firing out of this bye week and dominate Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and Duke, can we really hold what
0: happened in September against them? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I think a lot of Florida State fans would love to be on that side, d Lou, when they're in the stands there in Doke this upcoming weekend. Um, definitely want to have a whole different 180 from what we saw a few years back um, <laughs> before we get into that preview. But yeah, I think just one last thing here. I just want to talk to Ja'Kai Douglas. I think, too, Florida State needs someone in that slot position. That's been it's been a big discussion from a lot of Florida State fans, or some of my friends that I'll hang out with, and you know we all agree. You know your offense can't be so reliant now just solely on Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. Yes, they're incredible freaks. Yes, you could probably beat Virginia Tech with them. You're able to do it against Death and Death Valley and and Clemson, but still. Teams are going to plan better. DC is going to do better and they're going to do a better job forward on, uh, on the film they've watched in the first four games. So they've got to figure out a way. And I think Ja'Kai Douglas coming in as a slot position, we saw success last year with him out there. Uh, and there's a lot of different things too, schematically that Mike Norvell likes to run Ja'Kai Douglas with. So this is going to open up a little bit more of a wider range in your, in your playbook, but uh, excited to see hopefully him get out there. Number zero on Saturday, uh, he he's, he's due for a really solid debut, in my opinion. I think he could have
1: an underrated impact on the offense because Ja'Kai Douglas has been able to develop a chemistry with Jordan Travis over the years. You know, we've seen them connect on big plays in the past. You think back to the Notre Dame game in 2021, the catch against Miami that same season to set up the, the game-winning touchdown by Jordan Travis. Um, they've got a history of finding each other in big moments. And, you know, we'll see if Ja'Kai coming off this injury, like I said, he, he's looked pretty shifty in practice this week and has gotten the best of a couple veteran defensive backs. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't lost a step in, and doesn't look very rusty um, coming back from that preseason injury. I think having him in the slot and then obviously having Keon and Johnny on the outside, we'll see if Kentron's able to get in there. That could maybe help this uh, passing attack begin to ramp back up.
0: Let's jump into a little bit of this preview now, guys. We'll be back in Doke on Saturday. Dustin will be there in attendance for us. I'm going to be enjoying this Bucs bye week up here or down here. But uh, Florida State kicking off 330 against uh, Virginia Tech on ABC. Florida State killing in the ratings right now, and they're making sure it's known there on their social media as well. But they're bringing in a lot of really good numbers at the moment, and a lot of eyes will be watched on this one just going back to what happened when Florida State lost their season opener, which is not even funny. I shouldn't be saying there's a few things that really still sit like in the corner of your head and the brain of you. And you're just like the Travis Hunter thing and then this Virginia Tech blackout game and that clip of Swag Surf going on. Uh, it, it's brutal. It's brutal. So Florida State fans wanting to completely wipe away that memory, including uh, a, a lot of uh, the administration as well. But what do y'all? What are y'all's thoughts going into uh, this one? Florida State uh, facing against a uh, two, the two and three team, uh, and the ACC. Their last win this past weekend, uh, beating the Pittsburgh Panthers, who are one and four in the country. One in four in the country, one in four as a record, one in four in the country <laughs> they're ranked fourteenth in the country yeah.
1: I think uh this could be a sneaky game for four to say. We've seen this defense struggle with uh mobile quarterbacks, and especially in this one, you've got Chiron drones coming in for Virginia Tech, who actually wasn't their starting quarterback to begin the year, took over after Grant Wells was injured earlier this season. There's not a ton of film out, out on him yet. He started the last three games for Virginia Tech and has improved in each of these uh, these three games. And, you know, during that game against Pittsburgh, 12 out of 19, 229 yards, three passing touchdowns, also had two rushing touchdowns. So I mean, five total touchdowns. Um, he's about 6'2", 231, thick, thick quarterback, And uh, he's coming in with some confidence. I mean, that's something that you've really got to be watching for the Forest State defense. How are they going to rise to this challenge? We saw Jaden Daniels. They did a pretty good job overall, but there were a couple big plays. And then, I mean, it was an absolute mess against uh, Thomas Castellanos. I don't know if anyone remembers that. I think he had a pretty good game on the ground against the Seminoles. I think Drones is more like Jaden Daniels as a runner rather than someone as shifty as Castellanos. I mean, that kid was – uh, extremely unique, but I mean, as always, when you've got a mobile guy like this, it does pres- present a challenge uh, for the Seminoles and Adam Fuller.
2: Yeah, and Florida State's definitely struggled with running quarterbacks under Fuller and like you're mentioning, Drones isn't quite what we saw against Castellanos. He's definitely more of your more physical type of a quarterback. He's going to be more of a guy that's going to run you over than instead of try to run around you, um, but he also made a couple big time throws last week. You could tell this offense has been missing Ali Jennings since the first couple games but they still have some capable playmakers on the outside. And if, if drones carries that confidence from the Pittsburgh game, you know, maybe they can make things interesting. I do like their running back too, and He, he had a pretty good game last week against Pitt as well, but it is Pitt. And it is Phil Jerkovich that we'll talk about when we start talking about Virginia tech's defense, but yeah. you know, they they do have some pieces where you're like, okay, you know, they've got a guy that's got 22 pressures. They've got a running quarterback. They have some of these pieces and we were talking about it um, before we went live that, this could be a little bit of a sneaky one for the for Florida State.
0: Mm, sneaky, 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 sneaky. I'm not too. I'm not too feeling sneaky on it. I don't know if I'm just strange about it. I mean, it's Virginia Tech. I don't know. I mean, he could have a high after this last weekend. He won at home. He beat a bad Pittsburgh Panthers team. He lost to some bad teams before that. We'll see. We'll see who wants to end up. But I think what Florida State with Fuller needs to do is send things early uh, on this kid, and then with drones you really would love to have Akeem Dent back. Kevin Knowles has been yep. sitting on these blitzes so many times and nothing's, nothing's getting done. Nothing's getting done. And I don't know if Florida state can utilize someone else. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see maybe even Azray Thomas be in that situation, but at least with Kevin Knowles coming down there, just hasn't been a whole lot of success where there should be almost close to takeaways. If not, there should be some big 10 plus yard sacks uh, and tackle for losses from, um, for, from the safety that just moved. And made that position change. Uh, I want to see better play from Knowles, and hopefully that was just a little bit of a, a not so great of a start to the season for him. But uh, having Nakeem Dent would be would be big. He just brings really good experience, and I think he I think he's a good tackler as well. And he showed that in the early parts of the season as well, which really stinks.
2: It's and it's not even that they've been sending Knowles and it hasn't been working. When they haven't been sending them, teams have just been running right at him. Like, oh, Kevin Knowles is on the left side of the field. Or we're running our plays mm-hmm. left they've, they've really got to get that figured out. And that's why more than anything, I'm hoping that it came dense back out there.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think some things to what Florida state, at least, you know, offensively, it's been written in here in the chat quite a bit so far this evening, but Florida state's got to find some better use and uh, in, a in passing game outside of your two primary guys. And, you know, Jordan Travis not going for those deep shots. That's one thing that I think I would like to see some adjustment there from Tony Tokars, Florida State's quarterbacks coach Mike Norvell, and, and Jay Travis. Seems like we're trying to go for the highlight play too much, where you could have a lot of opportunities on your checkdowns and some guys with some really serious uh, abilities. I'm still not fully, fully, fully sold on, on Winston. Right, he, he's not going to be in that West Virginia form, but I'll tell you what, a young, young rookie and first year wide receiver, Destin Hill, he, I give him opportunities, man. And and there's been times where he's, he's been open to give you those opportunities. And I'd like to see Jay Trav dump it down and, and just take these little easy check downs when you're on that second, second down and eight or something like that, get to where you can get on the line and and you can try to move something forward uh, up the middle.
1: That's going to be big for Florida to get um, an actual intermediate passing game going to kind of open things up. And then also, finding other targets across that receiving core. And I think also a big thing for this offense is just that rushing attack. I mean, you've got so many offensive linemen back from last season. You had some veterans come in through the transfer portal. Trey Benson's back. Lawrence Toa Phillies back. They both played a lot of football for Florida State. And Rodney Hill is, I mean, averaging over five-point yards per carry on – or, yeah, over five-point yards uh, in his 19 carries on the season, but I mean, it's just not clicking and it all starts there at the top of Trey Benson. Right now, Florida State um, down from last season, down 66.3 rushing yards per game uh, on an offense that has really leaned on that rushing attack and is now ranking number 78 in the country um, going into week six when they were number 13 a season ago. And, you know, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is, but Trey Benson's average yards per carry have fallen from 6.4 to 4.7. He's not breaking tackles at the near record rate that he was doing a season ago um, via those PFF numbers. Mm -hmm. Something's just not right there. Florida State hasn't been able to get it together. Uh, You know, there were some spurts at time in practice this week, but I still have some concerns there if they're going to be able to get that rushing attack back on track. Uh, Luckily, Virginia Tech, not the greatest rushing defense coming into this game. Um, 107th in the country allowing 177.6 yards on the grounds i mean you got to hope that they can get those holes open and have the running backs hitting it on saturday but i mean that's been an area of concern for Florida state when it was something that they really leaned on a season ago and like i said it's just kind of confusing and it's it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's wrong at the moment
2: yeah and i know it's boring i know it's not i know it's not sexy but i'd love to see some long methodical drives in this game you know drives that take up five six minutes on the clock that are 12 to 15 plays because that's all we've seen from Florida State so far as the season is that want to hit the big play and want to get the quick strike and just get on board quickly at some point you got to start giving your defense a rest and these long methodical drives I think will help the team the rest of the season just show it on tape you know against Clemson they only had I think one drive longer than four minutes you know I want to see this offense sustain drives not just hit the big play and You know, part of that comes with the run game that Dustin was talking about, getting the blocking assignments corrected on counters, you know, getting the sweeps corrected, Trey Benson and the running backs breaking those tackles and getting the five to six yards per play that they were hitting last year and haven't really been so far this year. Um, So we'll see if they can do that against Virginia Tech. I know they've got a couple talented players on defense, but there's no reason they can't do that this week.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely not. I think it's good, too. This is a big game for some answers on if Florida State has moved on from those things and if they fix them, or this is going to be a lasting factor for a lot of these situations at their end. If it's going to be lasting there's going to be a lot of, there's some questionable things, at least if Florida State going into what we think that, you know, we all predicted here on what kind of run that they're going to make. There's a lot more question marks than what I maybe thought, but yeah, possession a game is something that they were really good at last year. And that's something that they need to work on is getting their methodical drives going and taking their time as much as they can, but they haven't been able to, because they're relying on a lot of their big plays and that's fine. Their success, but that's not going to work every week. That's just not going to happen. So that's, that's, uh, that's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, if Rodney Hill, if he keeps on finding success like that, and he's getting downfield, and he's hitting the hole um, and he's, he's getting off the tackles, then there needs to be more 29 on the field. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, it's fine. You know, Trey Benson starter, that's what it is. We knew that going into the season, but if that's going to be the case, you, you just got to move. You got to figure out more reps for, for Rodney Hill. Uh, and he's been to me, Just watching games, anybody would say he's your best running back that's been uh, playing so far in this 2023 season. I think Rodney
1: definitely deserves more of a look. And then you look at uh, Kazea, his only carry this season. We didn't see him at all against a touchdown. His only carry this season was against Southern Miss for a touchdown. (laughs) That's it. He's a home run. He's a home run hitter, man. He's a home run hitter. I I don't. When it's not working, I mean, you got to try something out.
0: Yep. And hungry guys too, but you know those are hungry guys on the depth chart there that want to get these opportunities. Highly touted recruit, Keziah Holmes was went to Penn State. You know, wanted to see more playing time. That you would, you know, try to take every advantage of the opportunity that's ahead of him. And you know, seeing Rodney Hill, what he's been able to do, you know, those two definitely are deserving to have more reps. Um, if the one in front of you is not getting it done um, and maybe that'll be a wake up call. I don't, I don't know, but there's definitely some things that we will look to on Saturday to say, okay, can we fix this? We fix these three things. It's really just about two or three things, man. This team going back to the second half of LSU, it's, it's almost unstoppable it's almost unstoppable when, when this team gets clicking, but we got to see if that's been a race though, guys.
2: It is pretty crazy that we're, you know, four weeks in or four games in, and Florida State hasn't even played close to their best football. So, if they can get these things figured out, if they can get these blocking assignments and this running game figured out, it's just going to open up so much more for the rest of this offense. Um, and, you know, we've talked at length about getting people other than Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson involved in the passing game. I think the running game helps with that. It's just opens so much more other things out for this offense. And, you know, hopefully this team can find its A game because as much as Florida state hasn't played their best football, nobody's played their best football yet. It's it's the most wide open year in college football we've seen in, you know, a decade and a half. So Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's opportunities there. They just got to make it happen.
0: Yeah. 100%. Any, any, anything else too, that you're looking, looking to watch on, on Saturday, uh, specifically uh, to you guys, just going from the Clemson game you get a bye week and now, you're going into this. I know a lot of people wanting, you know, to see Jordan Travis too kind of monitor him and see his health after having a banged up game against uh, Clemson. And it just seems like a topic week by week right now. You know, it just doesn't seem like Jay Travis at that hundred percent that we saw, you know, last year utilizing his legs quite a bit. And you could see him take you know easy outs on on the sideline and not continue to run downfield. There's just some certain things that you could definitely tell it's not the same J-Trav, but to help that, you get the run game going where you're not having to rely on him so much to be in that pocket and, and take those shots at times. But that's something I'm going to keep an eye on for sure as we go into Saturday. I think uh, I
1: think J-Trav has looked, like I said, really good this week, and, and I feel pretty good about where he's at health-wise, come into this game. Wouldn't surprise me to see him utilize those legs a little bit more against Virginia Tech. Um, I'll be looking a little bit at the special teams in this game. You know, Florida State, they've had Keon Coleman at that punt return spot, but haven't been able to get anything going there as far as explosive returns like we were kind of hoping in the preseason uh, as he replaced the reliable Micah Pittman at that spot has, has been even less explosive than Pittman was a season ago on return. Same thing with the kick return unit. They just haven't been able to get a ton going there. And then on the flip side, I mean, Florida state's been very good as far as um, covering punts going into that game against Clemson uh, FSU actually had allowed negative three yards on the season as far as punt returns, but then Clemson actually ended up having 21 yards on two returns that game. So kind of dropped the average down a little bit, but Virginia Tech actually has wide receiver Tucker Holiday, one of the top punt returners in the country. He's averaging 18.6 yards uh, per return, and that's something that Florida State and Alex Mastermano are going to need to be aware of going to that game on Saturday because, I mean, that's another thing. Special teams can play a big role in a potential upset. Florida State's been extremely solid on those core special team units so far and can't afford to have any sort of a drop-off.
2: Yeah, he's a good returner. Arguably one of the best in the ACC. And I, th- I think as much pride as Norville takes the special teams, I think they're going to find a way to get it, get him figured out. But also, hopefully, Florida State's not playing that much in this game. Um, I'm really looking to see what this offensive line does against – you know, there's some talent on this defensive line. We I, we sort of mentioned Powell Ryland. Powell Ryland earlier. has 22 pressures, 18 hurries. He's really getting after the quarterback so far this year. And then Fildarius Payne has eight pressures, but he's also only played – 84 84 total snaps. So his pressure rate's been insane when he's gotten the chance. You know, there's definitely some talent on that front four for Virginia Tech, and maybe they can cause some havoc. So, But, you know, like like I just said, hopefully Florida State's offense isn't punting that much to where they make that dangerous returner a factor.
1: And Powell Ryland is actually um, transferring in from Florida, so he might have a little bit of extra motivation (sighs) to play in this game. And especially, I mean, with Florida State – Dealing with those injuries up front, we'll see who's available for this one. That that could play an impact there as well. I think I think it'd be huge for Seminoles to get Robert Scott back. And um, I'm a big believer you cannot send Darius Washington to the bench. I know you need a backup center if Maurice goes down or, you know, if, if Robert Scott or one of the other tackles is injured again, he can flex out to that tackle spot. He can even play inside. He's a versatile chess piece, but – there's no doubt in my mind that Darius Washington is one of the five best linemen on that unit. And I mean, he needs to be in the
2: game. I agree. You know that he came in late for Jeremiah Byers against Clemson and it made a big difference. I thought he ended up blocking much better on, on that outside edge. Cause so far Byers just hasn't been that, been that good. He hasn't been the player we thought he'd be coming over from, uh, UTEP, UTEP. I always mm-hmm. get them and UTSA confused. <laughs> um, same kind of colors. He just he just hasn't been what we all thought he could be. So you know maybe we see some rotation there and guys move in and out. But I agree, Darius Washington needs to play. He's
1: struggled. He struggled as far as buyers. Casey Roddick ha, has struggled heavily at times. I really think Florida State they they got to go back to that core four that they had a year ago. It, you know whenever if Robert Scott's good to go this weekend or whenever he is good to go, Robert Scott, Marie Smith. Dimitri and Darius, and then plug one of those other guys in there. I think keandre has been pretty good whenever four states running the ball. I mean, that, that might be the guy to uh, Mm -hmm. play, but I mean, those, those four guys were part of that unit last year when four state was absolutely killing teams on the ground. And, you know, like I said before, eventually you need to change some things up and that might be the combination that works. Those guys have a ton of chemistry together. Yeah, yeah. Is there even
2: a chance that with those core four, you put in Bless. Yeah, Bless and Scott at the tackles. You move forgot, Washington yeah. to guard. A um, granted, Bless hasn't been great. He's always, he's arguably been the biggest liability in the run game. He's great in pass, bro, but run blocking, he's struggled. So, oh, no, we'll see. They've definitely got a ton of combinations they can use with that offensive front. They just really got to figure out what it's going to be going forward.
1: For it's some good. reason, my brain blinked out Bless. But, yeah, he could mm-hmm. probably be that fifth guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Didn't we talk about a little bit of that? Was that last week or the, our instant reaction? At Clemson saying, we you know, we'll probably look at this Virginia Tech game, and there might probably be a whole different kind of combination yeah. that we, we, know, saw different from the first week." And that's a good thing about it. You build depth. You buy, you've got experience. So, if you want to swap out what what you had last year, put those guys back at front line, and then at least you've got some experience there uh, as as depth pieces. But um, yeah, I think they have got to definitely work on that with Atkins and figure out what's going to be their best move their best group moving forward. And and if it's going to help this run game, they need everything to do with that. So they need to go full force on that. Uh, Let's jump into uh, some uh, score predictions because at the end, we still got to talk some Devin Vassell getting his bag. But uh, gentlemen, I think I went first last weekend and right now the team still stays undefeated. We're all holding together. We're holding hands here. It'll be a little bit of an easier October. Nicely. Hopefully.
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Hopefully.
0: Hopefully, yeah, I better hope I didn't jinx it. But, uh, but yeah, who goes? I guess it's UVZ you, because you're usually yeah, up here with
2: me at the top. I'll go. Um, I think the spread opened at 25. Correct me if I'm wrong. Florida State favored by 25. It's mm-hmm. it, It's been very, for Virginia Tech, if they're winning, they're scoring 35. If they're losing, they're scoring 17. Um, I don't know what exactly it's been with their schedule because they've played so many different variations of teams. It's, it's 25 been and very, a half, sorry. Twenty five and a half. Okay. Yeah. I I think Virginia Tech gets a sneaky cover late, but Florida State still runs away with it. Uh, I've got Florida State winning 41 to 20.
0: Okay. I like that one. I think that's I think that's nice. I like that. We are holding hands.
2: Um a his head like yeah. I took the score.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he did take the score. For real?
0: Um, Yeah. Oh, my God. That's happened so many times this year. It's only been five games.
1: Like I said, I like how Florida State has come out of the bye week with some real energy and enthusiasm. This team looks excited to uh, get back to the the final two-thirds of its schedule and, you know, really just attack and continue to prove people wrong this regular season. I think the week off was huge as far as getting some guys um, back to full health or close to it uh, for this next stretch. and I'm also going to be going Florida State 41-20. to I think the rushing game gets clicking a little bit this week, but we also see Ja'Kai Douglas make
0: a splash in his first game back for the Seminoles on offense.
1: And also Jared Verse gets his first sack
0: of the season, and maybe another one. Oh, wait. Come on, you got to say one or two. What are you thinking here? One and a half? Or two full solos, dolos, versus back. Two, two, two. (laughs)
2: Oh wow! I I will say there's a chance Florida State just absolutely blows this game out of the water and puts up 50, 55 if they show what they showed in the first two games. But after what we've seen the last two games, I'm kind of just playing it cautious, and I want to see it again. Mm -hmm. You're just like
0: craving it. Like, come on, let's just make it an easy night. You know, able to get the recap out quickly. No kind of stressful things going into the second half, third quarter. it
2: it shouldn't have to be like the Clemson game where whoever does the recap this week is. Basically just doing play by play at the end of the game because that's what it came
0: down to. Yeah, that was extremely stressful. Well,
1: it's funny, man. You're doing it.
2: Am I? No that's news to me. I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. I
0: yeah. can. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go Florida State forty four and then Virginia Tech 20. I'm going to, I'm going to do that just to be an annoyance because I don't really, I think Florida state is going to secure this like at halftime, Florida state's going to feel good at least. Um, but I just wanted to toy around a little bit for this week as we, that was a stressful September. Let me mess around a little bit in October, but I hope this does not come back and bite me in the ass. And like we just said, are having a game in the fourth quarter, but I, I, I like Florida state at home. Nice three thirty 30 games should be some nice weather up. D is starting to get like some cooler, South Georgia, North Florida, little breezes there. You kind of been, smell it in that, that air, a little crispiness. I don't know if I smell it, but it's been nice
1: uh, the last two mornings outside of the Canadian wildfire uh, smoke or whatever in tough. the area. But it's been it's been a pretty nice couple of days. It's looking like it's going to be a nice uh, afternoon on Saturday in a sold-out dope Gamble Stadium for the first time this season.
0: That's right. Sold out, man. It's going to be a fun one there for a lot of FSU fans being able to tailgate and everything after a really highly entertaining and stressful here and there uh, September, but looking forward to – I know a lot of FSU fans getting out there and doke, and it should be a good time and a fun one to cover for you guys. Uh, And I'll be live tweeting from here, so I guess I'll be covering as well, but uh, not the same as being there and being behind the glass up there at the very top of token, being able to check out all the fans going at it. But uh, real quick, though, before we get off of here, we need to talk about Devin Vassell, former FSU star, uh, basketball player, uh, guard man, now having a big bag, big, 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 big bag, uh, five-year contract with the Spurs, $146 million VZ. Shout out to Vassell. If I'm at FSC basketball right now, I'm making a graphic every other hour on that. Um, huge for <laughs> as <recruiting>. they should,
2: <laughs> as, as they should. Shout out, shout out, my guy Devo. Who would have thought when he signed as the lone recruit in his recruiting class, which was 2018, mm-hmm. unheralded three-star Florida State was his only halfway decent offer. Wow, see why found him another one. Two years later, he's in the league and. Three years after getting drafted, he's signing a major, major contract with San Antonio. 146 M's. Shout out Devo, man. Um, He's just, he's become a really good player. You know, if if you take where he was as a rookie to where he is now, 18 and a half points per game on good efficiency, shooting the three ball well at almost 39% on high volume, he's a very good NBA player and he's a very in demand NBA player. He's got a skill set that's just, there's not enough of it these days. So shout out Devilman. Super happy for him.
1: And he's also done, I mean, an amazing job of continuing to fill out his frame because I just remember how lanky he was coming out of high school. And, I mean, he was still pretty small at Florida State. And I saw the picture of him at media day from earlier this week. And I was like, man, like, he's really grown up over the last couple of years. And, I mean, he's going to be a huge building block for the Spurs as they move forward into this next era.
2: Yeah, I'm sure I've told the story – a couple times on this podcast, but I remember his his first pickup game on campus at Florida State. He's wearing Charlotte Hornets shorts and a white Nike T shirt, and he couldn't have weighed more than 150 pounds. And he's just out there giving people buckets. And you know, Dwayne Bacon to come back to get some runs in. You know, obviously Trent Forrest is there, and Brian Agola is there. And I'm like, man, we're going to play this guy. We're going to have to play him at some point. And he made an he made an impact late in that in his freshman season. You know, I, I tweeted a couple videos when he signed. His contract of the putback dunk against Notre Dame, and then obviously the big three to force overtime against Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. He became a very good player very quickly, and I'm, I'm super happy for him.
0: Super fun to watch, too. And those threes and during his time at Florida State was really fun. Like you said, uh, put on some size there, D. Lou. You can definitely tell that creatine's hitting, the smoothies <laughs> are working. That's weight, uh, that's full on weight. It's got to be nice to just focus on basketball and not worry about
1: school alongside.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm sure I caught him a scrawny kid a couple of times when he first got there. That salary, you know, not too bad. Would
0: that have changed for you, Dustin in college? If you didn't have to do academics, you would be ripped out of your mind. If I had a personalized
1: nutritionist, I have faith that I would, you know, be a little better looking.
0: (laughs) Well, who said you weren't good looking? Who said (laughs) you weren't good looking? Not
1: too much, but maybe
0: like a, 12%, 15% 12%, 15% increase. or fifteen percent?
2: I think that's generous.
0: The 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 biggest thing is just the water burger. Like if they if they they would have to wipe the water burgers out of Tallahassee though for that to really get done. If they slash my tires, then <laughs> Oh man. But yeah, man, shout out to Devin Vassell. D. you've got the contact. I mean, we might as well just shoot a text. Say, I mean, so, so
1: do I. I was you know talking. what? You know, let's, <laughs> call, let's call him right now. Let's
0: call him right now. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you FaceTime and you're like, oh shit. Uh, congrats on the 150 mil. Let me get a quick, um, you know, couple of uh, quotes here from you. Vassell. So you're in front of uh, a couple thousand listeners and viewers and he's, and maybe, maybe we us.
2: could get him on. You never know. I might shoot him a quick text at some point. Like, hey, man, yeah. come on the pod.
0: We we, we still got to have our link up again. Our our couple yearly update from Terrence Man. We got to grab him. You know, now he's on the NBA fame, but I feel like that one's still doable, though. I think he is. He's in our intro as well. You know, that's definitely got to bring him in. Pull there, right? don't well, no are y'all are y'all using y'all's phone to text him? Like, are we gonna get an update?
2: Maybe not right now. We'll see. He's a, he's a busy man. He just got done with Media Day. He just signed a massive contract. He's got to celebrate a little bit.
1: <laughs> That's why we need him back on. We need to
0: be like, hey, you know, donate,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> donate to the stream. Okay, yeah, okay. Now you're getting greedy. I just want to have him on. <laughs> you At do need to we're... shout
1: out eight one three for the donation earlier. That's right. Yeah, dropped always, always,
0: always coming in here, man, showing us some love. Also a big time guy, most active, one of our most actives in the disc. We're dropping a 20 bomb earlier here on our YouTube stream. But shout out to 813 always. We are back in form. Florida State back on the field on Saturday. We'll have an instant reaction after the game. DLU will be on hand for that. Or is Tommy gonna be there?
1: Yeah.
2: Why do you sound just about be there
1: and, and Robert up oh, there in the well, press box. Well, like I said, Tommy's dealing with a sickness. So as long as he's good to go by Saturday, he'll be yeah. there. We'll also have Robert, our intern, in attendance. So our the intern. full, the our full crew. <laughs> our intern. And uh, <laughs> the full crew outside of Logan should be a good one.
2: <sighs> and
1: me.
0: Whoa. But, you know. Live tweeting. And then well, yeah. Easier there know, for the
1: instant reaction. You never come to games, though. I
0: don't really. <laughs> I,
2: was, I was just at the Clemson game. What
0: yeah, I mean that was a rare occurrence. <laughs> he'll awakened. never come back down to dope though after that spring game. He's never come back to watch you eat those glizzies, yeah, Lou.
2: We were killing him in the Discord in, a, in our NG or the game day Discord earlier for Goblin Glizzies at the spring game in 21. He just he wasn't accepting it at first, no. and then finally, I'm like, no, he was, he was downing him.
1: <laughs> like I said, a, a free wiener is a free wiener. <laughs> mm. <laughs> also, KJ Bolden just tweeted that he'll be at the game on Saturday.
0: Nice. There you go. There we go. Some live breaking news here on here the spear as we wrap up this episode. Appreciate everybody coming on here. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit the like button before you bounce out of here, and hit that subscribe button so you get notified every time we release a new video or shorts or interview from Mike Norvell or players. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube so you get updated over there. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, um, everywhere. Twitter, uh, whatever it is, X now falling apart slowly in front of our eyes. Very sad to see. We'll hopefully have a new app in 2024, but uh, it, it's struggling at the moment. But if Twitter falls apart, then make sure you're in our Discord. I think that's going to be the next app to, to make its big jump. But we're over there in our server. Hit the link in our YouTube description. Free to join and uh, very active, definitely throughout college football season and, and entertaining. So I uh, hope everybody has a great weekend. Safe travels over to Tallahassee if you are doing so. And we will talk to you guys in our instant Reaction on Saturday after Florida State faces the Hokies at 3.30 time afternoon, ABC. Everybody have a great weekend. See ya.
2: Mama told me uh, not to sell words Mama 17.5, same color t-shirt Mama told me uh, not to sell words Mama 17.5, same color t-shirt Mama told me uh, not to sell words I color colored t shirt told me I uh, to sell words Mama said that t-